you just think we just, you know, whatever happens, we just shit another player. I, and everything's going to be perfect. All of our fans think that. You all think that. That's what you write about. You don't want to be here. There's a specific reason. Not really, you know, I, I think we did a poor job recruiting. If guys are coming in and immediately walking out the door because it was something different than what they thought it would be. And we lied to them during recruiting or we, we sold them on a dream that wasn't true. Yeah, you know, right now uh, we have the atmosphere of a, of a J.C. softball game. You know, I mean, that's what we are, J.C. softball team. As long as, you know... Uh, it's 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 not whether you win or lose. It's like who, the, the the team that wins is the one that has the most fun. You know that crap like that. You know all this stuff that's contaminated America, where they give every kid a trophy and they don't keep scoring little league anymore. Is we want to be a big, fast, dominating, aggressive, relentless football team that nobody in the SEC wants to play. Now that's also a second in the West, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> Winning the SEC probably is harder than winning the national championship. Do you know that? Well, how about the fucking dogs? Turn that down, you Hey, buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the Pirate, and the Pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State. Welcome in to the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And look who decided to show up. <laughs> the big Tennessee homer, Cousin Shane. What you up to, Cousin Shane? Hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, Man, just... I forgot how these shows start. <laughs> <laughs> it's been Sorry, a while. Hope, it, hope everything's going well. Haven't heard from you. You've been MIA, so tell the listeners, where in the hell you been? Yeah, well, uh, got some work. As you guys know, uh, uh, I was getting some work done there at the house. Uh, so we had to leave, and this week we were uh, we had to move. And it was just an absolute nightmare, Mike. I mean, we got, I, I, we look, I, it was like an episode of Hoarders, I thought, there for a minute, Mike, because all the stuff we had, I'm looking at it. And my wife's like, don't throw that purse away. And I'm like, honey, you haven't used this purse since 1988. You know, let's just, it's just like, I have to, I had to go, every piece of item in the house, I had to, it was like I had to bargain with them, like, guys, we gotta let it go. And so uh, finally, we got uh, moved into the the new place. Beautiful spread, man, on top of the mountain. It's absolutely gorgeous. The only downside is uh, uh, it, it has no internet. Like we we went backwoods. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with HughesNet, uh, but it and I, they're definitely not going to be a sponsor after this <laughs> because. <laughs> absolute garbage man man we went from 200 megabits per second to like 15 and uh absolutely we tried to pod i tried to pod on my computer there was a 10 second delay i said we can't have that so uh we're just got to do this old school man it's like it's like we're going back in time uh we're we're hooked up to the phone here and uh, i'm ready to make some picks mike so appreciate you guys hanging out man i've been listening to a pod all week uh, you, you've been fantastic. You do well solo, Mike, and uh, but uh, I'm glad to be back on. All right, buddy. Well, hey, before we get to it, we got uh, another great weather forecast from our buddy Chris Nully. 
So, and you can follow him at Chris Nully, N-U-N-L-E-Y, on Twitter, on Facebook, Instagram, all that. He's got it all. Let's kick it over, Shane, to Chris with the latest forecast before we pick these games. You know, you want a prediction about the weather. You're asking the wrong, Phil. I'll give you a, a winter prediction. It's going to be cold. It's going to be gray. And it's going to last you for the rest of your life. Stadium. It has been raining throughout the southeast. And Wayne will be a factor in today's game. Did about half the practice yesterday, wet ball today. Everybody can handle the ball was wet. So um, that's, that's all we can do to prepare for it. We can't make it rain. So. Let's get a look at the forecast heading into December. Pretty cold for all the football games. Arkansas, Mizzou, this is going to be pretty chilly. An 11 a.m. kickoff temperature around 40 degrees. Wind chills in the 30s. Make sure you're bundled up if you're going to head to that game. By the fourth quarter, temperatures are going to climb into the mid-40s, but still chilly temperatures out there with that light northerly breeze of about five miles per hour. Number five, A&M heading down to the plains at Auburn. This is an 11 a.m kickoff even going to be chilly there a kickoff temperature of 40 degrees the feels like temperatures going to be in the 40s it should warm up in the mid 50s under sunny skies by the fourth quarter with a light wind of about 10 miles per hour from the northwest number six florida going up to tennessee a 230 kickoff 230 central kickoff uh mid 40s for the temperatures wind chill is going to be in the 30s for this game and then by the fourth quarter temperatures actually going to fall to around 40 degrees there's going to be some cloud cover out there so it's not going to be too pleasant in terms of those feels like temperatures with a light northerly breeze at about five miles per hour Vandy going down to number eight, Georgia, 3 p.m. kickoff. Temperatures will be a little milder here, but it's still going to be cool. Mid 50s at kickoff falling into the upper 40s as we move into the fourth quarter. And this is where this game is a little bit interesting. We don't have any precipitation. It'll be sunny, but there's going to be a strong northerly wind of 10 to 20 miles per hour. And as you know, those winds heavily can impact the offense, especially if Georgia plans on passing that ball a lot so keep a close eye on this game again going to be chilly uh, but we're going to keep a really close eye on those strong northerly winds of 10 to 20 miles per hour typically with winds like that it impacts the offense and you may want to bet the under on that game just something to keep in mind USC at Kentucky, 6.30 p.m. kickoff. It's going to be cold up here. Lexington, you know, this time of the year is not a pleasant place to be. Mid-30s for the kickoff, wind chills in the 20s. And then by the fourth quarter, it's going to be 30 degrees with wind chills in the upper teens. So you definitely want to bundle up. I'm sure the Gamecocks are going to be pretty cold up there. A north wind at about 5 to 10 miles per hour. And the final game on the slate, we have number one, Alabama going to LSU. This is a 7 p.m. kickoff kickoff um, and the temperatures are going to be in the low 50s at kickoff falling in the upper 40s those feels like temperatures are going to be in the low 40s so even baton rouge not ex- um not uh 
going to see warmer temperatures despite it being so far south. So it's going to be pretty chilly for all of the games. No precipitation expected for any of the games, but the one I'm keeping a close eye on is Vandy at Georgia with those strong northerly winds of 10 to 20 miles per hour. All right, Shane. So once again, I want to say thanks to our buddy Chris, Chris Nelly, for sending us uh, another weather update. And hey, man, he's been helping people pick winners with some of these predict these uh, weather forecasts. So <laughs> Uh, really great stuff. Really appreciate that one, Chris. You know, speaking of weather, Mike, you know, this this whole time we knew this move was coming, you know, and we've had some absolutely gorgeous days here in East Tennessee. And then the day I decide to go move, it's 35 degrees out there <laughs> and about half an inch of snow. I was like, man, this would be my luck, you know. We got our own SEC weather, man, and I didn't even see this coming. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Shane, there is one thing that uh, I did want to talk about before we make our picks, and we don't have to spend a ton of time on it, but, you know, we all know that uh, the NCAA, they announced this year, basically doesn't count for the scholarship limits, mm-hmm. and they announced that back in, uh, you know, the late summer, but we still have no indication on how this is going to work out, uh, who's coming back, you know, there's scholarship limitations, that your teams are only allowed to have 85 scholarship players on the team so how's this all going to work out and man i listened to all these press conferences this is the first time i've gotten you know some concrete answers here coming from kirby smart so before we make our picks i just wanted to throw in this note i think uh i think fans would kind of appreciate to hear how this is shaking out a little bit actually that that was something i wanted to ask you about it, it, it have you gotten any more clarity about uh the blanket waiver for seniors that we were talking to D Rob yesterday and he said, yeah, he's, he's going to um, go out on senior day, but he doesn't, he doesn't know what he's going to do on the other side of it. And uh, as you alluded to, I mean, I'm sure it puts you in quite a pickle. They haven't expanded the 85 or anything else, right? No, they're not, they're not, they're not counting. They're not going to count seniors. So if a senior chooses to come back, it's not going to count against your 85. It's going to be a, uh, a bonus there, um, as I understand it. But that's, I'll be honest with you, that's so far, like, that's not fair to those kids. And I know y'all got to ask the questions and that's your job, but it's really not fair because they haven't finished their season and they don't need to make that decision right now. That decision is based on family, uh, graduation, uh, performance, uh, NFL evaluation. So when y'all are asking those kids those questions, it's just, it's, it's bad. You know, it's just not good for them to, to have to answer that. They're, they're, they need to be focused on Vanderbilt playing good. And when their mind goes to the other, it's not great for them. Now, it's in, their, in their own free time, sure, they can think about it all they want. But they've got to focus on playing Vanderbilt, playing Missouri, hopefully playing a bowl game, uh, avoiding COVID. <laughs> There's a lot of things going on before they have to make that decision. But as far as the seniors go, they would, they would be able to stay. And, uh, and you know, I think, I think it's a great – thing because they get a chance to possibly graduate there's so few red shirt seniors on any team anymore just doesn't happen you know we've got i think ben and prather those are the only two and uh and and the rest of the guys uh it would be an opportunity to to graduate from college and possibly play again just a quick follow on on the early signing period when you said that um it's tough because you don't know who's going to be back um were you referring to those seniors that have decisions to make or were were you referring to something else referring to juniors the seniors are going to get an opportunity to come back and would not count against your 85 is what has been suggested and what i think is going to be in play 
Um, I don't know that 100%, but that's what I've been told. So the seniors are not of concern. Um, the juniors are always of concern, but that's no different than any year we've ever been here, that your juniors are not declaring in or out prior to your signing class being formed. And the, the unique thing is more and more kids are signing in December every year. And this year, more than ever, because there's nothing to wait for. There's not going to be visits in January. You know, a higher percentage of kids will sign in December. Uh, therefore, you're filling holes that you don't know if you have yet. Okay, wait. So I thought that was already settled. I thought you could already do that. No, it is, but it's just like, here's the th- here's what we don't have. So let's say Georgia, for instance. Uh-huh. Th- they've probably got 85 scholarship guys right now, right? Right. They're about to sign 25 more. So – how is yeah. how is the NCAA going to do this when you got a hundred? Now you got a hundred scholarship guys. If everybody came back, now you're over the eighty five limit. So yeah, there's been no clarity whatsoever on how this is going to break down. But he basically said seniors don't count next year, but they're they're all allowed to come back. Okay, I got you. I so, got you. so you could have eighty five okay, players that's... now, and then thirty seniors. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's that's that's. Okay, so what you're saying is they could come back. wasn't It wouldn't count towards scholarship uh, athletes on your team. Correct, and it based on what Kirby just mm. said there, it sounds like only seniors. So, okay, at least uh, at least we have some clarity there. Not a not a ton, but based on what Kirby had to say, their seniors are not going to count. So that's going to give us some indication, and we'll have to see. You know which seniors decide. I know Shane's dying for Garantano to come back, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> easy. You bite your tongue. <laughs> well, I like I like that man. Uh, I never thought about it that way because that that would be a, a predicament to be in next year. But hey man, it's it's, it's unusual and it's, it's something I haven't. I've got to soak in. But there's a lot of there's a lot of seniors in the SEC, Mike, and mm-hmm. you know I don't know if that's going to help Georgia because. You know, they, they've always got young talent ready to emerge, but there are a lot of programs out there that senior-led that, I don't know, probably wouldn't wouldn't mind having another opportunity to come back. Maybe they didn't have a chance to play on Sundays. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, and, you know, you kind of hit on it there. Georgia, Alabama, Florida. This ruling's probably not going to help those teams because their seniors are going to be in the NFL. Right. We might see – hell, there's – Plenty of good players maybe on Arkansas or South Carolina. There are teams like that all across the SEC that seniors may be coming back for one more ride. And yeah. it, it's good to see that uh, the NCAA is going to take care of them, at least uh, in that aspect. You know what? That'd be kind of fun, man. Think about it. You graduate, you just come back, just focus on football. Yeah, mm-hmm. why not? You only If it's your last opportunity to play the great game you love, then I, I think it's awesome and and if I'm a coach, man, I'm already recruiting. You know what I'm saying? Just trying to get these kids to come back because just think about the competitive depth you'd have if you rolled out 85 players. Yeah, and not only that, but, uh, you know, maybe players at Arkansas, I'm thinking, or Missouri, or, you know, mm-hmm. some of these teams that are showing progress, that are, you know, knocking on the door of being SEC contenders. The seniors on those teams have probably never experienced anything quite like that. And the sales pitch of those coaching staffs potentially, hey, come back. We got a, we got a great recruiting class coming in. You lead the way. 
maybe this time next year we're the team that's contending to go to Atlanta. So I think it's really going to help the the teams that you look at the rosters and you know they're just not loaded with NFL talent necessarily. Right, right. All right, Shane, but uh, enough spieling about that. We've got uh, some games to break down, buddy. You ready to make some picks? Let's do it. Gambling? Who's anything about gambling? It's not gambling when you know you're going to win. Not only am I picking Toledo to cover, I'm picking Toledo to win outright. I can't kick your ass, BRG, you say that. <laughs> that, that well, he kicked my ass regardless. <laughs> exactly. Like They're going to beat the brakes off Miami. You watch it. Mike, if Florida wins this damn game, I will sing the fight song Monday. (laughs) (laughs) It ain't happening, brother. Yeah, orange and blue, waving forever. Forever pride, old Florida. May she droop. I I forgot to hit record, so you got to do that again. Are you shitting me? No, I'm recording it. All right, Shane, so normally uh, we go by the kickoff times, but hell, they they screwed up the schedule here, and (laughs) two of the best games are nooners, so let's hold off on those ones for now. Let's, uh, the first one of the day that we're going to pick, Vanderbilt at Georgia, 4 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock Central on the SEC Network. Georgia favored by an incredible 35 and a half points. With the over-under set at 54, who do you like in this matchup? Uh, Georgia, barely. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, I, I uh, unfortunately for Vanderbilt, that you thought last week was rock bottom. I, I think this week they take even uh, a few more steps back. This is a team that's... You know, that was chipper, man. That uh, Going into last week's game, I, I felt like they were getting better. I felt like they were tenacious. Uh, I felt like they were going to get a victory, an SEC victory at some point this season. Now, obviously, Georgia was not a team I was expecting them to beat. But, uh, you you know, you look at a spread, uh, what would you say, 35 points? And a half. <laughs> yeah, okay, 35. Oh, geez, so over five touchdowns. Yeah, it's something that you it would give you pause uh, going into this week, as it, it wouldn't last. If, if somebody told me 35 points last week, then I would have said, oh, man, give me Vanderbilt all day long. But, you know, Georgia's got a team that's, that's starting to find its identity. And granted, it's extremely late in the season, but who knows, man? We, we don't know how this college football playoff thing is going to play out, so – you know, a lot of people remember what you do in November and December, and Georgia has a, a, an excellent opportunity to blow a team out. Now, I know it's it's Vanderbilt, but, you know, you do it by more than five scores, then it looks pretty damn sweet on your resume. And I think that's what happens, Mike. I, I kept going around back and forth on this one. I kept saying that's just too many points. I, I just can't, I can't see it happening. But I just think – Georgia just scores too fast, and when they do, uh, with this new uh, efficient offense, even when the backups come in, we're talking still NFL talent. I think Georgia runs away with this game. Um, So I've got Georgia winning 49, Vanderbilt 10, so covering the spread. (laughs) Yes, sir. You know, I can't disagree with uh, anything you just said. I mean, Georgia, they are who we thought they were. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> as they like to, who was that? Dennis Green, I think they used to say Dennis that. Dennis Green, yeah. 
this is uh, the Georgia we've been waiting to see. They're just opening a can of whoop-ass on everybody. Even the defense, you know, is looking better. JT Daniels looks like the answer. Every week that goes by, Kirby looks dumber for not playing JT Daniels a little bit sooner. I'm hyping up as Georgia as a potential number one preseason team if JT Daniels returns, which all indications, that's his plan. Everything's going right for Georgia. Nothing's going right for Vanderbilt. Just got the coach fired. Biggest storyline with Vandy is, you know, Sarah Fuller and her kickoffs. I mean, it's not going to. Is she still, I'm sorry, man. I've been a little bit out of pocket. Is she still doing that this week? I mean, is they is are they still down a kicker? Uh, well, there's even some kind of weird controversy around that even, but so the way I understand it, they had a guy that used to kick for the team last season. Yeah. He stopped kicking. He went into like grad school or something and now they've brought him back, but he had to get his, um, you know, there's paperwork that's got to be filed and all this stuff. So they're rushing that. So they're trying to get him active. And I think if he's active, he's going to handle all the kicking duties, but not 100% if that's going to be the case, if he's going to be in there. So she may be active again. I, I certainly expect them to, to take her just in case because, hell, maybe this guy can't kick at all. You know what? But yeah. so, so that's up in the air. But, again, that's not what you want the main story to be going into a matchup against, a, as you just indicated, you know, a college football playoff contender. Mm-hmm. But I've spent this whole time spieling about Georgia, Shane. 35 and a half is just too many points. <laughs> I don't care how bad Vanderbilt looked last week. I I can't explain that. They no-showed for the game. If they no-show against Missouri, you're dead on. They're going to cover, and it's going to be easy. But, hell, I, this is just so many points. I got faith in Ken Seals to do something here in this game, even though Georgia's been playing better. And looking at it this way, Shane, it's senior night in Athens. I think, you know, if Georgia wanted to, they could easily co- – hell, they may even cover by halftime here. But mm-hmm. I think in the second half, they're going to let some of these walk-ons out there. You know how it is. They're going to let some of these <laughs> some of these players that rarely get to play that are seniors final opportunity in Sanford Stadium. I think they'll get out there. So I'm going with Vanderbilt. Upset special against the spread. Georgia, 45, Vanderbilt, 10. I got that half point, baby. <laughs> you know, I had this thing at 42, 10. Mm-hmm. And then just the more I thought about it, you know, I just, I, I think they run away with it. I think there's just too deep. Even their second team, man, is going to be able to put points up <laughs> yeah. against Vanderbilt. And then the kicking situation, I did not, I, I did don't get me wrong. I, I rooted for her last week. I, I wanted her to get at least an opportunity, and she didn't. You know, she got her kickoff and stuff. Could you imagine? I mean, think about that, Mike. If 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 I was the first thirty-eight year old kicker, fat kicker, to come in the college SEC ever ever done it, you know what I'm saying? Right. And, and it's like because of a COVID situation, and and I just didn't get my shot. And then Vanderbilt's working so hard to get some dude that used to be there. They're trying to get his paperwork done and gets back, and then I don't even get my shot the following week. I hope they at least let her <laughs> kick an extra point. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if we're doing history, you don't, you don't want the history to be, well, she kicked it, what, 30 yards on a kickoff? Right, you know? yeah, that, <laughs> and, and that was a squib. I know that was, that was playing that way. 
But you, you, I don't want that. To, like, you just broke history. Something that's never been done. At least let her kick an extra point or a field goal. Yeah, I think the only concern there is I don't know if they have confidence in her to, to make it. You know what I mean? Well, shit, I, my thing is I don't know if they have the ability to get across the 50-yard <laughs> line. That's my I mean, <laughs> it's not like Georgia's scrubs on defense, man. There's, there's a real shot that they don't get on that side of the field. Yeah. Sorry. Well, right. that, well, that being said, we both gave Vanderbilt 10, which means we, we're predicting one field goal. <laughs> <laughs> Just give it to her already. I love it. All right, next game on the docket, Shade, another night game. South Carolina at Kentucky, 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central on the SEC Network. Man, they loaded up primetime with uh, some, some terrific games here. Yeah. South Carolina – at Kentucky, Kentucky's 11.5-point favorite. 47.5-point is the over-under. Who do you like in this matchup? Oh, Mike, this has potential to be a extremely ugly game. <laughs> I, I expect a lot of running in this thing, and both sides of the ball. And I don't, I don't know at this point if there's a defense on either one of these teams that can stop the other from doing so. So... I think that this is going to be more of a ground and pound. What was the over-under on this? I got it as uh, 47 and a half, the lowest over-under in the SEC this week. Yeah, and I just don't know if that's low enough, man. But uh, I, I think this comes down to whoever has the last the last series. And uh, I'm giving, since it's at Kentucky, I'm giving them the nod here. Um, I, I think this is a touchdown game. Uh, the more, just the more I dissect it, I just think that these guys they got fantastic stable of running backs. It's to the to the best. I think is Rodriguez playing? Is he there? Is he ready to go? I, again, I've been out of. I believe he is. Yes, I mean, he didn't play last okay. week. And then you got Harris on the other side, South Carolina, and I guarantee he ain't. You ain't gonna keep him from this game. They got him bubble wrapped and. Uh, at least 25 feet from the nearest person, right? Because he is the asset to the Gamecock. So mm-hmm. um, I, I think this is I think this is two running backs that you're going to get to sit sit back and enjoy. I just think I just think Kentucky's got a few more pieces. Uh, South Carolina still a little too young. I still got to see more uh, from from uh, from Doty. Um, I think he's got potential, but last week he was just a little too squirmish, a little too you know, ready to run instead of pass. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I think uh, Kentucky dials up a little bit on defense. So I've got them winning this game, 28, South Carolina 21. So i got a close one. I, I've got South Carolina uh, as far as the spread. But, yeah, this one's this one's going to be a tight game, I think, Mike. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And could honestly see it going either way. I'm very surprised at this uh, 11.5-point spread. We've got uh, – you know, a Wildcat team that's not looked good the last couple of weeks, but they've also been dealing with COVID, you know, yeah. and, and they're, you know, coming off that. So maybe they look a little bit better. But, you know, you look around, there's coaches fighting, or not fighting, but, you know, having uh, <laughs> heated arguments yeah. during the game. I don't know if you saw this, Terry Wilson. It certainly looked like he was calling out uh, the, the offensive, well, just the coaching, really, at Kentucky after last week's performance and yeah, I know you've been uh, real busy with the house and everything so you probably have not heard the backstory on uh, Kelvin Joseph but starting cornerback leading the SEC in interceptions apparently he went up to Mark Stoops this week and said hey I don't want to play this week I, I'm 
you know, I want to protect myself and I don't want to really opt out. And Mark Stoops said, well, get the hell out of here because we don't have people yeah. just sit around and watch practice and watch the games. Either you're in or you're out. So he opted out. And it just seems kind of dysfunctional right now at Kentucky. And I know yeah. South Carolina obviously had the coaching change, so you can make the same argument there. But you reference it, Kevin Harris. I mean, he's knocking at the door of a thousand yard season. South Carolina's mm-hmm. not had that in many years. And here we are in a 10 game all SEC season. I think they're going to be fighting hard for that. Uh, we've got, you may have already, you missed this too, probably, but uh, they've changed the, uh, down there at South Carolina, Thursday is Luke. Is Luke, Luke Doty Day? I mean, because the guys, oh, Lord. the guys, infectious. He's he's having fun out there. He's brought new energy to the team. They're rallying behind him. And to me, I'm looking at this as as one team that I know they're they've been hit with injuries. They've been hit with opt outs as well. But it just seems like we've got new energy with South Carolina. It seems like they're fighting for each other. Mike Bobo talked about it this week. You know, these the entire offense is raising their game to get Kevin Harris that thousand yards. And it just sounds to me like this is a team that's playing for who's out there. And I don't think it can be said the same for Kentucky at the moment. So I'm going outright upset, Shane. Lock of the week. Mm. South Carolina Mm. Gamecocks, 24. Kentucky, 21. Mark Stoops was even asked, you know, would you be interested in playing in a bowl he couldn't even give an answer to that. I, I think that says all you need to know. I think uh, they're ready for the season to be over in Lexington, and and they're just turning the page to 2021 after this one. Damn, so you're thinking Kentucky's that far out, South Carolina's that far in. Just, I mean, I'll tell you what, Mike. I don't do this often, but I think I'm going to change my score. Okay. All right, I, I just – this. You know, because I did this last week when I was watching the Kentucky game, I, I got I got a little enamored by the uh, the opt outs, not the opt outs, but just the 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 COVID situation that they were dealing with, and I was like, you know what? There's just no way in this world Kentucky is going to be able to cover this spread because they had just so much against them. <laughs> but then, what happened? They ended up covering the spread. Granted, it was just by one point. I think I'm going to change my score here, Mike, uh, just because that's that's what that's what Kentucky needs, man. Maybe maybe they should get rid of Kelvin Josephs of that team, and and maybe they should have a little bit of a buy-in. And maybe there's you know there's there's a lot of seniors on that team that that may not get to play college football again, and I'm sure they're playing for something. So. I'm changing my score because I think Kentucky not only is going to win this thing, but now you have convinced me that they are going to cover the spread. They just they just scored another touchdown, and I'm going to say it was Rodriguez, and it's 21 now, Kentucky 35, and I'm locking it down. Make that my lock of the week. <laughs> yeah. Wait, so, I, my, I just, so me making my pick locked up the other team for you. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. Shane's, absolutely. Shane's, Shane's riding that fade Mike train pretty hard right now. <laughs> <laughs> and hey, that's a that's a, a good strategy this year. Let me tell you, it is a good strategy, man. I just I don't know, man. Just the more I thought about it, because I've been making bets like this all year, Mike, where I'm saying, you know what, this is right, this is going good. They they finally got their groove, blah blah blah. The same thing, the same 
this just the same dialogue you just gave me for for South Carolina and why they're going to win. I'm I'm going to say the opposite because just as soon as you count a team like Kentucky out, man, they surprise you. So yeah, I'm going with the Big Blue Nation. All right, next game on the docket, Shane. Let's go to hell the first. CBS game. We got a CBS doubleheader this Saturday. Yeah. Florida at Tennessee, 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central. Florida favored by 17 and a half points and the over under 62 and a half. Who do you like in this matchup? Oh, Mike, what a game this is, you know? I mean, you think about the years past, This there's a lot of these Florida-Tennessee games that come down to the damn wire. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think about the last time these two teams met in December. Do you remember that year? No. 2001. That's right, my friend. We went down there and shocked the nation by pulling off an upset down there in Gainesville. This was an absolute – I mean, these, uh, this this is a team. This this Tennessee-Florida, you get the best out of them, typically out of them every time that they face. But I think it's going to be a little bit different this year, Mike. And uh, I know what you're thinking. I'm going to bash Tennessee. Not going to do it. What I am – I'm going to talk about Florida. The thing about Florida, the University of Florida right now, is they are on cloud nine. They, 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 they're looking at a roadmap that leads to a national championship. And guess what's not on that roadmap, Mike? The University of Tennessee. <laughs> These boys are not looking at them. And I'm telling you, Tennessee is a speed bump and sometimes can be a road hazard if you ain't looking. And I'm telling you, Tennessee volunteers have the weapons to be competitive in any SEC game. They've just been lacking in my, in my, if you're asking me, my my honest opinion at one position, and that is the quarterback. And unfortunately, our starting quarterback was uh, dealt a rough hand with the COVID contact tracing, so he will not be playing. So they're going to hand over the reins to one Harrison Bailey. And I am on the Bailey hot train. I think that he has the ability to make this offense two-dimensional and it has the progression and get some of these receivers involved because we've got some absolute weapons out there. And they can make anyone miss. They can make touchdowns at any part of the field. I'm telling you, these guys are great. Now, I'm saying all that to say this, Mike. University of Florida is an awesome team. And I think the Tennessee Volunteers are going to give them a hell of a game until about halftime. Now, this is where it gets a little bit dicey, Mike, because Pruitt showed me one thing, that he struggles with halftime adjustments. Wouldn't surprise me if Tennessee has a lead at half. But what would surprise me is if they win this game because Florida top to bottom is absolutely loaded. I'm telling you, you got Pitts out there. I mean, I know Gary ain't going to be at this one, but his spirit will be. And every time Pitts catches a touchdown or a reception, he I can just I can hear him now talking about how great he is. But he's not alone. We got Grimes, we got Tony. I mean, 
the Florida Gators are absolutely loaded on offense. You've got Kyle Trash, which I think currently right now is the best quarterback in the country. And like I said, I think that they are reading their clippings, and I think they are looking ahead. And you've heard about it when they're talking to Dan, and they can't, they're not even talking about Tennessee. They're just talking about what's next, the next big thing. I, I, I feel like that locker room will, will, will show that. We saw a little bit of a drag against that Vanderbilt team. They're going to have, I think, the same thing with Tennessee. But – once they start clicking, man, you just can't stop them. So I've got Florida winning this thing, but I, I like Tennessee making it competitive. 38-28, so Tennessee covering the spread. Ooh. Well, Shane, I didn't want to pick this game without uh. kicking it over to Vol Calls, Jeremy Pruitt <laughs> Coaches Show. If you missed it, here's uh, basically how the many of the fans feel about the coach right now. Let's go to uh, Philip, who joins us from Wartburg, Tennessee. Philip, you're on with Coach Pruitt. Hey, Coach. I, I got a quick question for you. Yes, sir, Philip. A lot of, uh, a lot of us fans want to know when you're going to meet your not a ball coach and go back to Alabama. <laughs> well, Philip, um, I don't, I don't know. You got to know I'm pretty hard headed, right? So, uh, and there's, and you know, I, I do feel like that. Um, there's probably things that we all can improve on. Uh, I feel your frustration, man. I'm, I'm with you. I'm frustrated too. Uh, but we're working hard, all right? And uh, we're going to continue to work hard to, to put a product out there that you'll be proud of. How about that? All right, Chad. So there you have it uh, from the coach's show. This is the type of calls he's getting. I can't believe that. I know. Oh, <laughs> It wasn't me, man. <laughs> I had a couple of people ask me. Said, "Did you call?" No, I didn't call Pruitt, man. I'm, I'm not out on him yet. I really not. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. You know, the fact that he is giving the young quarterback an opportunity. You know, I may eat my words and be like, "Man, there's, there's a reason that you know he probably shouldn't have rushed him out there." But right now, I'm the t- ball fans are just looking for something different. You know, you keep rolling out the same damn product. And and that that get, that's a tough pill to swallow. So we're ready for something different. So I'm not I'm not I'm not ready to send his ass back to Alabama just yet, Mike. But mm-hmm. uh, you know the the jury's still out. Now here's the thing, because I did want to mention this before we make my pick here, obviously. But you know it wasn't that long ago, Shade. It was just a couple weeks ago. Georgia fans were pretty damn pissed. Mm-hmm. This was a lost season. You know, what in the hell are we doing with Stetson Bennett? This is a damn joke. We can't do anything. South Carolina fans, kind of the same. Colin Hill, you know, quit rolling this guy out there. He just can't get it done. Then you insert JT Daniels in Georgia. You insert Luke Doty at South Carolina. And obviously those two teams are you know, disappointments for, to their fan bases. I'm not suggesting that they that they aren't. But there's like a renewed sense of hope with both those teams. Uh, Ge- yep. Georgia fans, all I see on them on Twitter is like, you know, we would have whooped Florida's ass if JT Daniels was playing. <laughs> because that's just where you are with a fan. You know, we'll never know, obviously, the, if that's true or not. But it, they're rocking and rolling. And I, I just said it, man. They got Luke Doty Day down in South Carolina. Now he's he's brought that much energy. He looks that exciting, and sometimes that's all it takes, man. And if they 
if Tennessee inserts Harrison Bailey like we're all anticipating and he plays, you know, lights out, even if you lose a game, all of a sudden you got hope for the future. Yeah. And I think that could be the case. That's all we want, man. That's, that's all we want, <laughs> that's all. You, that's all you want. That's all you need. Unfortunately, Tennessee should have made this move a long time ago because this is not the team you want to be breaking in a new quarterback on. Uh, he's going to be forced or have pressure on him to score every time he goes out there because I don't think Tennessee's defense can stop Kyle Trask, Kyle Pitts. Hey, hey Shade, let me ask you two things on defense for Tennessee. What are the two things that hurts Tennessee the most? Slant pass and defense over the middle. Well, guess what, buddy? Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Tony they live on slant passes and up the middle. So, man, this is going to get ugly. This is going to – this is the only – Chance I think Tennessee has in this one. They got to run the ball like they did against Auburn, completely eliminate mistakes, and force a bunch of turnovers. I don't see it, Shane. I'm going Florida 45, Tennessee 13. Golly, Mike. Golly. Well, I, I, I think that's one thing Florida has. If, like, if you said what's the negative about Florida, it has been their rushing defense. And Tennessee lately has been doing better on the offense side of the ball. What I just, I what we don't want to see, Mike, is them to go three and out in the opening drive. Just you know, run to the left, run to the left, run to the right. That that seems like the Tennessee way right now. If they come out slinging and and can get Florida's defense on their heels, then then you can bring in the rushing attack and be just two dimensional. I just, I think when you just sell yourself out for that run right up front. It, it it's it's it seems like we're always wasting the first two drives. I don't I, I don't know why, but you know what I'm saying. It's, right. it's next thing you know, you're down two scores. And it's like, well, now we got to throw. Well, now they're expecting it. So, um, I you know, this obviously is a team that this game can get out of hand. I told you that, just like you said, there is so many damn weapons on that side of the ball. But again, Tennessee, Knoxville, it's it's not a team you can just you could just show up, show out, and leave. You you really got to be prepared, or you could get caught off guard. And that's just why I think it's going to be a slow start for the Florida Gators. Um, I think it'll be a strong start for Tennessee. I think it'll be a lot of scripting. Uh, I think Harrison, when he comes out there, he's going to know what's going to happen the first two drives. He's probably going to have the first 20 plays memorized. So uh, that's ex- that's what I expect from the University of Tennessee. But – if if they can keep the chains moving, they can keep that clock going. Who knows? This thing could get a little uh, get a little dusk at the end. And of course, I'm always ready for an upset, Mike. I think it's supposed <laughs> to snow. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, Shane. So we're kind of going in reverse order on this podcast. Let's kick it over to the noon games. These are the two games I think I'm looking forward to the most. First up, Texas A&M at Auburn, noon Eastern, eleven. Central on ESPN. Texas A&M favored by six and a half over under at 48 and a half points. Who do you like in this matchup? Oh, buddy. Did Auburn's not ranked yet, are they? No, they were last week and they got destroyed in the Iron Bowl. And so now they're not ranked. But how, you know, get too worried about rankings and crap like that. But how stupid is it that you know, Auburn loses at Alabama, and let's drop them out, and let's, like, raise Tulsa. Like, Tulsa's I ranked mean, right now, and, Ch- and Charleston Southern and all these stupid teams. And Yeah. 
throw them at Alabama. Let's see 60, 70, 80 point loss they have. Why why in the hell is it, you know, if if Alabama would have beaten them 100 to 0, <laughs> I could see <laughs> dropping them from the rankings. But hell, they beat them by uh what was it? 42-13. Well, guess what? That's basically the score of every Alabama game. You know what? Dude, you could drop ice like that. Uh, even though I know it got canceled because of COVID there, game day was going to go to Carolina, Coastal Carolina, mm-hmm. and then uh, and Liberty. I, I guarantee you could drop Auburn off at either one of those campuses right now, and Auburn whoop that ass. And, <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? And like, mm-hmm. and like take a 30-minute break and come out and beat the other team. That's it. <laughs> They're a top 25 <laughs> ball club, man. These other teams aren't. So I, I just wish they were top 25 because I I really need Texas A&M to win this thing, Mike. Um, I got a lot of money on them winning a national championship. So if this is the thing. Texas A&M has the resume. They have the weapons needed, but they still need some good victories. And this is a team that, uh, you know, Auburn's a sexy win. If you could come out and you can beat Auburn, that looks good. Uh, it would look better if they were top 25, but um, I, I, th- I think Texas a is going to come out fired up. This is originally my first lock of the week. I ended up changing it because I see this thing getting a little uh, a little hairy. This feels like one of those games Auburn just kind of creeps back into at the tail end. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do got a good defense. I, I know that was tough to do against Alabama, but, you know, they – at times they were able to 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 get Alabama to go three and out. They were able to to get those weapons off the field, you know. So I think they'll have I'll have I think they'll have the same ability against Texas A and M. But I just think top to bottom, uh, mainly the front. This this A and M offensive front and defensive front. Uh, it, it's it, I don't think they get enough spotlight. I don't think they get enough attention. But they really have been controlling some of these games. And uh, I think they do the same thing in here against Auburn. So I, I think Texas A&M jumps out on them early. I think Auburn creeps back into it. So I've got Texas A&M winning 30. Uh, actually, 35, I'm sorry. Just score, score adjustment there. And uh, Auburn, 24. Ooh. So i got Texas A&M winning and covering the spread. I just I just think once once they get the lead they, they and they start really – you know, establishing that run. You saw it last week with Alabama. They had a tough time just just getting off the field at times. And uh, I think Texas Stadium has the ability to do the same damn thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the only concern I have for the Aggies, Kellen Mon, really shaky performance last week. Is that a one-off? I don't know. I mean, he's been playing so well. I thought those days were behind him. Texas A&M was dominant all season long. They still rank first in the SEC on third down and uh, not allowing third down conversions. But I guess LSU, you know, we hit on it. They were just god-awful. I think they were three of 20-something or or something crazy on third down last week. And that's just not going to cut it in a game like this. Not on the road against the talented Auburn team. But on the flip side, Tank Bigsby still don't know about his status. He's been banged up. And if Auburn cannot run the ball, I don't think they've got any shot to win this game, Shane, because Texas A&M is playing so well on that defensive side of the ball. Say what you want about Mm -hmm. the offense last week against LSU. The defense won the game. They won the day. Completely shut down LSU on the ground. If they do that against Auburn, they were asking Bo Nix to beat Texas A&M with his arm. And 
I just don't really have confidence in him to do that. So much yeah. the same as you, Shane. I think Texas A&M, this is kind of a get-right game. I don't think it's uh, quite the margin you do, but I'm going to take the Aggies to win it and cover. I think it'll be a little bit closer, though. Texas A&M, 30, Auburn, 21. All right, Shane, the next noon game. This is probably the game I'm most looking forward to this entire weekend. Starting to heat up this rivalry, <laughs> even though they don't want to call it that. Arkansas at Missouri on SEC Network. Arkansas underdog in this one. Missouri favored by two and a half with the over-under set at 51 and a half points. The SEC Coach of the Year Award Battle Line Trophy. It's all <laughs> on the line. Who do you like in this matchup? Oh, man. You know, I really am looking forward to this one. You've got two coaches that you know, I, I I think a lot of a lot of these weren't the sexiest hires. Uh, you you think of Coach Pittman, you think of of Eli up there. You know that that wasn't the talk in the off season. The talk in the off season was Lane Kiffin, was the the pirate coming in. You know the 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 team from Mississippi. That's that. In fact, I I, I was all in it too. I said it's going to be a while. Arkansas's got an uphill battle, but I really like some of the off off season hires uh, the biggest one is obviously uh coach odom mm-hmm. and, and you know this you think there ain't bad blood coming in and facing his old ball club absolutely eli yeah on the other hand he seems like a conniving guy i ain't gonna lie mike uh, you know <laughs> he, he's he's one of those you could tell behind the scenes he's making this game bigger than it is and you're seeing it by the players coming out here and sending their tweets off and and uh, these boys are fired up. I, I think this is turning into a, a little bit of a rivalry match here. And it has more to do with the coaches than I think it does the players and the and the fans. But either way you slice it, I think this is going to be a close damn game. And I think it's going to come down to defense. And, and right now, I, I want to give Arkansas the nod and, and because I do think that they've got a lot more weapons on that side of the ball. Uh, I I like Felipe play. I love the heart. I, I think Arkansas's just they've been getting the absolute best out of every player. But Mizzou has secretly been putting together a fantastic season. It's not sexy, man. A lot of people aren't talking about the blowout games. It's, it's just like the kicking situation at Vanderbilt. That was the storyline, not the 40-point ass whooping they just put on Vanderbilt. 40 points that no one else has been able to do against Vanderbilt. Coach Eli, he doesn't get enough credit with what he gets out of Roundtree, what he gets out of his quarterback. I mean, a young, a young, I mean, freshman, not true freshman, but freshman quarterback. It's, mm-hmm. it's been unreal. The, 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 just the, just the play calling, just the schemes that they have dialed up. And I think that's what's going to, I think when we get into this thing, when I say it's defense, I think it's going to be defense, but that's caught off guard. And I think Eli's going to have just one extra card up his sleeve, and that's why I'm going to give him the edge. Mizzou winning 21, low-scoring game. Mizzou 21, Arkansas 20. That's right, your Honda dealership <laughs> score of the week. <laughs> Morristown Honda. <laughs> Well, I don't know if you see this shade, but uh, Nick Bolton, you know, he's a junior. Oh, yeah. He's, he's going to be participating in the senior day. So, you know, this is going to 
be his last opportunity. So, you know, that may be a good pick by you. The defense probably going to play out of their minds. The defensive coordinator this week, Ryan Walters, was asked about, you know, if uh, if Nick Bolton has talked to him about going to the NFL or anything. Did you see what he said, Shane? What did he say? He said, if he is thinking about returning, I'm going to tell him he's damn crazy. So... <laughs> <laughs> You might be onto something here, Shane Dick Bolton. This might be the game of his life. He's been seeing all this, uh, you know, all this hype Arkansas is putting up about all their defensive players. And remember yeah. Jalen Catalan, the outstanding Arkansas defensive back. He's going to be all SEC, maybe all American this year. He's suspended for the first half, unfortunately, after that <laughs> terrible targeting against LSU. But I know that was a while ago, but it, it still carries over. So, that's uh, yeah. that's something that's going to be getting to Arkansas as well. But, you know, one thing you didn't hit on here, Arkansas, the team that lost to LSU, and I predicted they would lose to LSU. I got a lot of Arkansas fans mad at me. But that's what happens when you're down basically your entire <laughs> defensive front and some, some running backs and some offensive linemen. They're supposed to be getting all those guys back. So th- I think this is going to be a roster that uh, – you know, they've had so much time to prepare. They didn't play last week, obviously. This was the game that was supposed to be going on last week. I think uh, all that favors Arkansas in this matchup. Felipe Franks still continues to play outstanding football. I know we just had uh, Rakeem Boyd opt out, but you know, I don't even think that hurts you because Traylon Smith is playing so well. I'm going the opposite way, Shane. On the road, the streak snapped. Barry Odom gets his revenge. Arkansas 35, Missouri 28. Mm. I think some some points are going to be scored in this one. And I I think it's funny because the tweet was Arkansas Razorback tweeted out. uh, It was about Bumper Pool and Grant Morgan. Mm -hmm. And Nick Bolton comes out and says, LOL at that caption. See y'all Saturday. (laughs) That's when it led. But. My favorite reply was uh, from listener Dana Kennedy, uh, or Dana Rogers, and it says, everyone is in agreement. He's talking about Arkansas, big Arkansas fan. Everyone is in agreement. These are the three baddest defenders on the field. Until the third quarter and Catalan comes out of the locker room like the ultimate warrior. (laughs) I love it, man. You know, because if if, – do you remember – oh, who was it – is that one Tennessee game, mate? No, 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 no. It was LSU. Remember when that one, Devin White, he sat out mm-hmm. halftime, and that's all they talk about. <laughs> Gary, boy, he couldn't get enough, man. You just wait. Second half, Devin White's going to come out on his horse, man. You know? <laughs> uh, I think he had like three tackles that game. But but anyway, Catalan is a beast. I don't think he should have been missing any of this game. But uh, – uh, yeah, I mean, Arkansas's got a fantastic defense. But, you again, it's just what Eli's been able to do with his players. I, I can't – I'm not going to count. I've been trying to give the other teams benefit of the doubt. I'm not going to do that anymore. I, I want to see Eli prove, proved wrong before I bet against him again. Mm-hmm. All right, final matchup, Shane. CBS night game. LSU hosting number one. Alabama, Crimson Tide favored by 29 and a half. The over-under set at 67 and a half. Thoughts on this one? 
I like the over. Uh, that's the thought. <laughs> I, I just think, you know, you know, it's just sad because this was a game. If you, you know, if we were talking about last, I don't know, January, uh, or, you know, we were talking about this game being probably like top three games that we wanted to see this year. And now we're looking at a, almost a 30 point spread. That's, that's where we're at. Um, that, that kind of sucks, but, there's a lot of factors in this. There's a lot of storylines in this game. You know, I was listening to your pod earlier, and, you're, you know, Saban's trying to act like, you know, revenge ain't a thing and blah, blah, blah. But the fact is, man, they, they got beat, you know. they, they uh, Nobody was thinking LSU had a, a snowball's chance in hell last year coming to Tuscaloosa and winning with the president of the United States there. I mean, think about that. Now, I don't, I don't care, I don't care what you think about the president or not, but the fact that the the leader of the free world was at your stadium and, and you dropped one, it, it's you know, Nick Saban, he's a prideful man, and I guarantee there was several days, several nights, he was up there on that treadmill just thinking about that damn game, Mike, and uh, now he has an opportunity to to. To I don't know, just to get one back, and I think that's exactly what's going to happen here. Alabama's coming in; they they've they've not they haven't shown me anything that I, I mean. When you talk about clear cut number one teams in the country, you know there's you, you talk about a team, and then there's there's somebody that says, "Well, yeah, but Clemson," or "Oh, yeah, but don't forget about Georgia or Florida Gators." You know, and it seems like. Seems like there's always that there's one number one, and then there's like, well, there's one A and one B over here. That if you know the Alabama is clear cut number one, and every time they come out on that field on Saturdays, they show you not only are they the most talented, but they are the most prepared. And that's why I don't see them overlooking this team at all, buddy. I think they've had a bullseye on this team for, for a couple of weeks now because this is a team that knocked them out of the college football playoffs last year. This is a team, uh, you know, because after they dropped that, you know, they just didn't see – they were all out of sort when they went down there to Auburn. So I think uh, I, I think this is a, a, a very high-scoring game. Just unfortunately, I don't think LSU is going to get many of those points. So I've got Alabama winning 56, LSU 20. Ooh. I think they come out. Uh, I think they come out firing at, right out of the gate, and uh, LSU just doesn't have. They've got talent, but they just don't have enough. Uh, I think veteran talent to keep up with the Crimson Tide here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for all the focus and energy and revenge Alabama's going to have, Shane. And then on the other side, one thing you didn't mention, our damn leader, Terrence Marshall, damn opted out this week. <laughs> a week after having a damn beating, saying, you know, let's stick it out to the end. I mean, I just yeah. can't imagine the morale of this program at the moment. I don't I don't think the uh, you know future is in any danger, but... I just think this tone was set when Jamar Chase opted out before the season. And I don't know. It just it just seems like it's been a damn nightmare. This is one of those seasons LSU fans are going to want to forget. 
and just just re mm-hmm. just rewatch last year's Alabama game on Saturday, you know, and and have the time of your life, and and then replay the the playoff games after that because <laughs> you are not going to want to turn on SEC Network or ESPN for the next couple of days. I don't see any chance in hell no. that LSU is going to be competitive, and not only that, now you got hell. I played it on the show this week. Roll Tide, fuck you. I mean, they're still thinking about that in Alabama. <laughs> they were thinking about revenge in training camp. You better believe they're going to go into this matchup on Saturday thinking revenge. I'm going Alabama 52, LSU 10. Shoo wait. Man, 10 points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somebody's getting fired after that game. That happens like at mine. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's getting fired. And I can't believe they made the – I mean, I know what, you look at the schedule, Alabama, LSU, you got to go night game. But CBS this had two terrible. games canceled. Yeah. Now they got this. I mean, they they are they got screwed this year. Can I, I just, again, if we're going to look back 2020, of everything that's happened, you know – I think that office, whoever's over media, whoever's over picking what channel these things are on, what time these events are going to be playing, and a year that we've been able to fluctuate and move this stuff a day before. I mean, I watched a damn Pittsburgh Steeler game on a Wednesday, Mike. You know, things. this is a crazy year. And you're telling me that this has got to be the SEC night game? I mean – you you've got a team. I know I know Arkansas M- Mizzou isn't sexy, but it's a, it's going to be a great fucking game. You know what I'm saying? This yeah. thing's going to come down the wire. I truly believe it. That's when I think of game a week. That's what I think about. I want some. I want fireworks. I mean, if you're coming in there and it's a thirty point spread, that ain't a game of the week. That's that's just that's just the waste. I think so. Uh, but anyway, that's that's my two cents on the thing. So if anybody anybody should get fired. It shouldn't be coaching. It should be me. Whoever's doing that, whoever's jumbling the the times and saying, hey, we need these two games at the same damn time, the Egg Bowl and the Iron Bowl, that makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. that guy's fired. That's who should lose their job. Now they ought to give us that job, Shane, because I think you, you nailed it there. And, yes, Alabama LSU, on the face of it, that's going to get more people tuned in to the first quarter. But I think exactly. a, I think a – Really tight game is going to keep you tuned in for four quarters. So, uh, yeah, a game like Arkansas, Missouri, I think that would have been obvious, obviously a much, much better selection for this Saturday Absolutely. night. You know what? Yeah, definitely. All right, buddy, uh, it's getting late. You want to call this a pod? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, Mike. I again, I appreciate everything you've done this week. I, you know. You know, we I joke about you carrying the load most of the time, but you literally did this time. The only thing I carried was <laughs> a bag full of extra purses that we'll never use or see again. But anyway, Mike, uh, I appreciate the fans hanging out. Um, I, I do. Uh, I, I would read some reviews, but I, I promise to get to those next week. Uh, again, I'm still I still got a lot of stuff I've got to get taken care of over here, and I, I appreciate everybody. Uh, taking the time to hang out with us. I hope you guys make a ton of money this weekend. If not, if you don't gamble, then I hope you enjoy the hell out of these games because I know I will. Absolutely, Shane. Well, it's great to have you back on the show. Great to hear that uh, everything's going well at the new place and you got your own office. I mean, how crazy is that? (laughs) You're really moving on up in the world, buddy. uh... Kind of a big deal here. (laughs) 
But that's going to do it for this one. Looking forward to this great action. Hey, we only got a couple weekends of SEC football left, so savor this one, folks. Thanks for uh, tuning in. Leave us that five-star written review, and we'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go balls. Upset.